Hello, and welcome to the podcast of Pastor James Biddle and Emmanuel Assemblies of God in Knoxville, Tennessee. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen. If you're ever in our area, we invite you to join us for one of our worship services. For times and locations, please visit at EmmanuelAG.com. Remember, we are blessed to be a blessing. Ladies and gentlemen, let's encourage Pastor Rick as he comes. Man, love this guy. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Appreciate you. Thank you. Wow. That was emotional for more than just Luis this morning. But what a great time. Man, I tell you what, it is, uh, can I be honest and just say, it is so awkward to preach to two empty rows. So if anybody is just really wanting to, um, I don't know, just be nice to me. Just come on up a little bit. It's like the price is right. Thank you. Come on down. Come on down. So anyway, so um, you guys, thanks so much for... um, very good, very good. What's that? You won't grab me by the arm. No, 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 gra- no grabbing, no spitting. So, anyway, so well, it's so good to be able to be with you guys today and uh, to be able to sh- just share the word of God with you all today. And um, I just want to share some stuff with you guys this morning that uh, has been really kind of stirring in my heart for the last couple of weeks. And um, I really pray that um, I've really been praying a lot that this would be a blessing to you all. Um, when I've shared some of, some of my story with you guys about me accepting Christ, I wasn't raised in church, and um, uh, and I knew nothing about the Lord. Some of you heard me maybe say this: I, when I uh, was, I don't know, maybe a year or so old in the Lord, I I learned that Joseph in the Old Testament wasn't Joseph, Jesus' father in the New Testament. I thought, man, well, Methuselah lived how many nine hundred years? And I just thought, I I just knew nothing about God and I and nothing about the Bible. So everything was so new to me. And when people would talk about the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit, I really pictured the Holy Spirit to almost be like a superhero. And that he could be anywhere, anytime. And if I called out to him, he would zip around the earth and he would come and help me. I mean, I really had no idea about a lot of the things of the Lord. And um, uh, when I was uh, uh, accepted Christ and just really, really was loving God, and I was tr- just searching God for truth and asking God to help me through a lot of things uh, that I grew up with that was was difficult for me in my childhood. Um, and uh, I just really needed some healing in my life. I needed some peace in my life. And I needed uh, God to restore some relationships with some family members in my life. And uh, as I was seeking him, um, God just started really moving in my life. And, and he did bring a lot of healing. And he brought a lot of deliverance to me. And it was awesome. And it was through the power of the Holy Spirit. But I was uh, I got saved in a Baptist church. And then I moved to in Ohio. And I moved to Los Angeles, California. And, um, and it was a, it was a great church, and our pastor one day you can imagine this of a Southern Baptist church of six thousand people, where the pastor has been president of the Southern Baptist Convention. We walked in one morning, and all of the hymnals in the church were gone, and he put these little Hosanna booklets in in there, and he said, "We have not been worshiping God the way the Bible says." He said, it's like, the, and there was the choir, just showed Luis and Susan a picture of the inside this church where I was. The, the choir was probably four or 500 people, and they had those massive, like, I, maybe a thousand or so of those big, massive, and even really small, like, pipes for the, for the organ. I mean, they were, pro- some of them looked like they were two stories tall. Anyway, so, and he always, he said, 
He said, you know what? He said, it's like the choir is the performers and we're the audience and where is God in all this? You can imagine a Southern, diehard Southern Baptist guy saying this. So he, so we started doing praise and worship out of a Hosanna hymnal or out of a Hosanna book. And so he said, the Bible says to shout to the Lord. The Bible says to clap to the Lord. The Bible's, and so he started instructing us on what the Bible really says about worship. And, and, uh, he told us, he said, now I know some of you aren't used to lifting your hands. You know, you think that you're going to all of a sudden turn Pentecostal. He said, but the Bible says to lift your hands. And so here's all of us Baptists kind of, you know, <laughs> doing the little sneak thing. And, um, and, um, anyway, and so, uh, some other Baptist pastors around the country heard what he was doing. He said, do you know what's going to happen? When you can, when you keep teaching your congregation to worship like this, you know what's going to happen? They're going to get the Holy Spirit and they're going to start speaking in tongues. And he said to our whole congregation, if this is what it leads to, so be it. I'll never forget him saying that. And the Holy Spirit really started working our lives and the church started really changing. And then we had this guy named Dr. Paul Youngie Cho. How many of you guys have ever heard of Dr. Cho? He has the largest church in the world. It's over a million people. He came to our church. Our church at that time, his church was only 500,000. And uh, But he, I remember him telling us that they were baptizing about 10,000 new converts a week. Isn't that crazy? So now his church is over a million people. But he came to our church. And uh, they built their church through cell, through the cell ministries, uh, meeting at home and stuff, and, and, and doing cell ministry. And so there was 12 of us leading cell groups in, in this big church I was at. So we got to have these special times with Dr. Cho. And at the time, I didn't really realize how crazy it was to be with Dr. Cho. But when I think back on it, this is it's, it's really crazy. And so, but he gave us these books on uh, how to lead our cell ministry, or how to lead or the cell ministry or lead your cell groups at, 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 uh, at your homes. And so he left and our pastor said, you know, chapter seven is about being filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. And chapter 12 is about the gift of the spirit. And we don't really practice those things here. So you can skip those chapters. Well, guess what I did, <laughs> right? When someone tells you, oh, I'm not sure we really want to do that. How many times do we want to say, oh, well, what's so mysterious about chapter seven and chapter 12? And so I started, so I started reading those chapters. I actually skipped chapters one through six and went to number seven and started reading. I was like, well, what's, what, what's, what is it about these? And so I started reading, and then I had some, uh, long story short, I had some people from, to come to my cell group that went to a church that we would consider to be filled with Holy Spirit, like in the book of Acts. I'm not saying that if you're born again, you don't have the Holy Spirit. That's so controversial. Of course you have the Holy Spirit operating in your life. But there's a difference between what happened with the disciples and, and many other people, like in the upper room, for instance. So, but they were they had experienced something like in the book of Acts that I had not, and it really intrigued me. So I started going to this other to another church, and um, and I was really asking God to really lead me and show me some truth about this. And one Sunday morning, the pastor was talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit, and I'm sitting in the chair by myself. There's a couple thousand people there, and I'm by myself, and I'm sitting there, and I'm almost like trembling. I'm so afraid, like, should I go forward? Should I not? What should I do? But I wanted God's truth. And he said, if you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit and, and been filled with the Holy Spirit, you've never spoken in tongues. This is a new experience for you. You've, this has never happened. Would you raise your hand? I raised my hand. Then when he asked people to come to the front, I was like, I don't think I'm ready. So I sat in my chair 
And I was just praying, God, I need you just to really confirm. I was like, just, I, w- I just wasn't sure. I was like, God, I need you to confirm to me. What is this all about? Is this really real? And as I'm praying, somebody just came up behind me and just put their hand on my back. And they just touched me. And when they did, I instantly got filled with the Holy Spirit. It was a crazy, it was a crazy experience for me, but it really did, it really did change my life. And, um, you know, we hear so much about the, the, the Holy Spirit, especially in the, in the churches and the circles we're in. And, uh, but I just want to talk to you a little bit more about the Holy Spirit today. And, um, and I just pray that you'll be, be encouraged and it'll be a good reminder for you. Let's go to Jap- John chapter 14, if you would open your, your Bible. And, um, um, John chapter 14. I do have, like, there is some kind of a ringing sound up here just a little bit, guys. And I can handle it if you can't fix it, but it is, I don't know if anybody else can hear it or not. But John chapter 14, verse 12. It says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these. Um, will he do because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this is what I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You know, sometimes I have to remind myself that a lot. Is if I'm praying for somebody, if I'm out um, at a restaurant or I'm out or I meet somebody or it's a family member or somebody that I don't know, sometimes when I'm praying for people, I have to just kind of remind myself, you know what? I'm going to pray. I'm going to step out and do this because really this is, I'm doing what this verse says. I'm asking in his name to bring glory to the father and it has nothing to do with me. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Verse 14. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you will keep my commands. Let's go to the next verse, verse 16 on the next slide here. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Next. Well, I'll tell you what, let's, let's stop here for just a second. I've said this to you guys before, but I do think about this a lot. Think about the disciples and people that were following Jesus. Think about the people that heard him speak on this, on this, the sermon of the Mount and, and people would hear Jesus say, you know what? I'm leaving. Just let you know, you guys know I'm, I'm leaving. Can you imagine how it freaked him out that the religious people of the day were, were, coming after them. They were against them. And Jesus was their leader. He was the one that when the storm was coming, he brought peace. When they were confused, he helped them. He, he taught them. And all of a sudden he's saying, guess what guys, I'm leaving, but you're going to be better off without me. Think about how that must have freaked him out. But this is what he said. He said, I'm not going to leave you with, with, as an orphan. Look at, we, we know that this, James has talked about this before about this Greek word, paraclete. It's the one who is called to be at your side. When the, when he's talking about the Holy Spirit, that is our advocate, that is our comforter, our healer, our helper. He's, he's talking about this word here. The Holy Spirit is the one that walks beside us. Look at the next verses here. This is what it means. The, yeah, go back one for me, please. Thank you. There you go. The one called to be your comforter, your advocate, your intercessor, your counselor, your strengthener, and the one that stands by you. That's the God that we serve, and that's his spirit that he left here for us. You know, um, so many times um, when I'm, if I, if I, you know, I used to go out and, and travel and speak a lot. 
And, uh, you know, I would be just ready to be like, Holy Spirit, use me. And, and sometimes, honestly, I think I saw the Holy Spirit more as a tool than I did as those things. Do you know what I mean? It's maybe to help somebody else, a tool to help somebody else get something that they need or something that I needed to know that I could speak to. I mean, I, I didn't, it wasn't out of selfish needs. It wasn't something in, I was doing in vain. I really wanted it to minister to somebody else. But so many times that are, or at times I would see the Holy Spirit more as a tool to get from one place to another or to be able to bless somebody else more than I would see him as the one that was walking alongside of me. Look at the next slide. He goes on and says this in verse 17, even the spirit of truth, he's talking about the Holy Spirit, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be with you. Look at verse 18. I emphasize this here. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet in a little while, the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live. Also, you also uh, will live. In that day, you know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. Let's look at a couple more verses that Jesus talks about with the, whole, with the leaving the Holy Spirit with us. In John chapter 15, it says this, When the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the, from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. We, you guys, we're talking, the Holy Spirit is our comforter. He's our guide. He's the one that walks alongside of us, but he's the Spirit of truth, and he reveals things to us, not because of us to necessarily get something, like I was talking about, as a tool, but he gives us things because he loves us. He gives us things and he walks us alongside of us because he wants to constantly minister to us. Look in verse uh, John chapter 16, verse 7. I tell you the truth, for it is, your, it is for your benefit that I am going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. You guys, the Holy Spirit wants to be so close to us in our lives that we're partnered with them. That you think about when we, when we, um, when we take communion, what is communion? It's about communication. It's about a communing time with God. It's about living together. It's about him, uh, us coming to him and let's rem- and us remembering what Christ did for us. Like that's what he's asked us to do, but he's our advocate He's our counselor, and he wants to walk alongside of us and for us to acknowledge him in everything that we do. Look in um, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 13. I'll just put the verse here. It's already on the screen. Look at this verse here. This is uh, the Apostle Paul talking to, to the church. It says, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Everybody say Fellowship. And the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Isn't it interesting that the felt that the Holy Spirit wants to fellowship with us? The Holy Spirit wants to flow with us. The Holy Spirit wants to be connected to us. Let me ask you this question. How many of you guys, if you're married here and you ever go, you're ever out at a party, it's a football, you're watching a football game or something, and your wife just kind of gives you the look and you're like, oh, it's time to go home right she just has to 
Am I, am I right? When, when we, I've been out at conferences and stuff, and Susan and I have been together, and we have given each other the look. Now, this may sound really, may sound really horrible. I don't mean it to. Maybe Tyler and Brooke can maybe relate to this because they do a lot of ministry and conference stuff together. But sometimes at a conference, you're with somebody, and you just know they're never going to stop talking. <laughs> and you're like, okay, it's been about 20 minutes now. Um, and then all of a sudden Susan or I will give each other the look and it means come rescue me. Right? But that's how the Holy Spirit wants to be with us. That it can be just the little whisper. It can be the little nudge. It can be that extra little thing of confidence of go do this. The Holy Spirit wants to, to, there's been so many times, I'm sure that you all have experienced times where the Holy Spirit has really led you to do something. I remember in New York at a conference a couple years ago, there was a bunch of teenagers that came to, I can't remember if it was a prayer line or, no, they, we were actually saying goodbye. The conference was over because there was a group of teenagers that came to say hi to me and thank me for coming and speaking or whatever. And there was this guy, his name, his name was Joseph, and he came up and, and we were talking and I said, hey, do you, do you mind if I take a minute and I just pray for you? He's like, yeah. So I, I knew the Lord wanted me to pray for him, and I knew something was going to happen. Just the Holy Spirit just gave me the sense something's going to happen. And so I put my hands on him, and I prayed, started to pray for him. And I said, look at me. I'll never forget this. I said, um, I said, can you look at me for a second? He looked me in the eye, and he's like, right here. And I said, I feel like the Holy Spirit wants me to tell you something. And that's, don't believe the lie. And he just looked at me and he got tears in his eyes. And I prayed for him and I said, do you, does that make sense to you? And he just hugged me and started crying. And he said, my mind is telling me I'm gay, but I don't want to be. And man, what an, op what an incredible opportunity that the Holy Spirit used me to speak something to him. So the Holy Spirit speaks stuff to us. He gives us words for people. He helps us. There's times that the Holy Spirit, where there's something going on, and we're like, Lord, this is crazy. This is happening in my life. And the Holy Spirit will bring us peace. You know, like it, it says in, in the book of Philippians, that he gives us peace beyond our understanding. And the Holy Spirit will bring us those things. But of all the Holy Spirit, the things that the Holy Spirit does and will continue to do in our life, the thing is, is that he just wants to be with us. The Spirit of God just wants to hang out with us. That we are, like Paul was saying here, that we could fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And I'll be honest with you, sometimes I forget all about that. Sometimes I forget all about that. Sometimes, and I tell you that the last probably, I would say probably two, maybe three months of my life, I've been dealing with just a lot of change and it's not been fun. And I just found myself just getting frustrated. I was like, man, this is not right. This is wrong. Man, why is this happening? And I saw myself over a period of probably four or five months of honestly just getting angry. Now, some of you that some of you in this church, you know me really well, and I'm happy to say that if I asked probably 25 people that knows me really well and said, and you ask them to describe me, they would probably never say Rick's an angry person. They'd probably say some other other things that maybe that isn't so great. But I've never seen myself as an angry person, but I saw myself becoming so angry, and the Holy Spirit started using me. 
you're, you're, you're convicting me and speaking to me. And I just started hanging out with God and saying, God, I, I need you to help me with this. I need you to deal with this and for you to heal me. And it just started really just kind of peeling and peeling and peeling back where I'm, I feel like I'm at the end of working through that. But it just reminded me about the Holy Spirit wants to hang out with me and wants to fellowship with me. Let's look at the um, next thing here. The word fellowship means this. It's a companionship. It's sharing time together. It's, it's being intimate with one another. Look at the verse in Acts chapter 15. You can go ahead and turn to it if you want because we're going to read several verses here in Acts chapter 15. Here's what, it's, here's what it says. You can follow along on the screen or follow, follow along on your Bible or your phone. Then the apostles and elders with the whole church decided to choose some of their own men and to send them to Antioch with Paul, with Paul and Barnabas. They chose Judas and Silas, men who were leaders among the believers. With them they sent the following letter. The apostles and elders, your brothers... To the Gentile believers in Antioch, Syria, and, and uh, how do you say this? Cilicia, there you go. Greetings, verse 24. Next slide, very good. We have heard that, the, that's, that some went out from us without our authorization and disturbed you, troubling your minds by what you said. So we agreed to choose some men and to send them to you with our dear friends Barnabas and, and, and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We know these guys are legit because they have literally uh, risked their lives. Therefore, we are sending right because it just felt right with the Holy Spirit. Man, I don't know about you, but I need more of that in my life. I need more to be able to move more and to be intimate with God that I know that the Holy Spirit is just giving me peace and I can just sense it, that it just seems right with the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but I want that. I want, and I want more of that. Let's look at James chapter four. It says this, you adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose, let me start over, or do you suppose it is not uh, to, to no pur purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealously over the spirit over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us. You guys, the Holy Spirit is actually wanting to yearning and calling us and is jealous when he's not in that position. Look at verse six. It says this, but he gives more grace. Therefore it says God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Well, I tell you what, when you're submitting, when we're submitting our lives to the Holy Spirit, that's a sign of being humble. That's a sign of saying, God, I need you to take me here. I'm surrendering my life to you. I'm humbling myself that you would lead me. I'm communing with you. I'm fellowshipping with you. 
It says this, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. How do we draw near to God? We, we draw near to God through worship time, through prayer time, through reading the word, but we also draw near to him by just surrendering and submitting and saying, Holy Spirit, come and engulf me. Holy Spirit, I, I want to commune with you. I want you to lead me. I want you to guide me. Look at the word yearns here. This is, uh, looked up some stuff in the Greek. And, uh, once again, I'll tell you, I'm not a Greek, Greek scholar, but I found this really interesting. The word yearns, it's a Greek word, um, a piatheo, um, which is a compound, compound word. And the word epa or epi means over. And the word, uh, patheo is the word for desire. Isn't that interesting? To yearn, it's to be over and to desire. And then look at the next slide. For the compound word, this is what it means. It means a longing, a craving, a hunger, a yearning for something, an intense desire. You know, um, it's really interesting for, um, uh, you guys have heard me talk, been able to talk a little bit about when Luis and I started doing ministry together, we met and we, and we met and he was actually hired to be the translator for me. And the first time I met him, we were together for, wasn't like 15 days or something, 15, 16 days. And I told the people that were hosting me that we were going to talk about our conference that we're doing. I said, listen, when I come, I want to be busy. And uh, I want to stay busy. I'm not coming to kind of preach, you know, once or twice, three or four times, and then take off. I want to stay busy. Oh, my gosh, I had no idea. They would pick me up at like 7 or 8 o'clock in the morning in the taxi, and we would go to a church and speak in the morning, and then we would eat, and then I would speak again. I was Sometimes we spoke four times a day. We spoke every single day, all day, except for two days that I was there. It was intense. But when I was with Luis and that we had our, our taxi driver was, so he was Luis numero, numero uno. We had Luis, the taxi driver, who was no, numero dos, that I called him uh, affectionately. And then we had another guy, Jose, with us. And, um, and I told him on the second or third day, I said, you know, you guys, you guys are not my translators and my taxi driver and the guy that sets up stuff at the church. I said, we're ministry, this, we're ministry partners together. And you know what they told me? They said, you know, I said, we've been doing this for a long time and no one's ever told us that. We've always just kind of been the hired help. And, um, but anyway, so then it's the same thing as like when now, when Luis and I speak together, it's, it's, you know, I say, Hey, this is what I'm going to talk about. I'll kind of share some notes. I'll tell them a couple of stories I'm going to tell, but it's amazing how we just flow together. It's almost like we almost like make the same steps on the stage together because we have learned to do ministry together and we've become such partners in what we're doing. There's times it's almost like he knows what I'm going to say before I say it. And you guys, that's how the Holy Spirit wants to be with us, to commune with us, to do ministry with, with us, and to really partner with us. But with that, he's, there's a longing. He's yearning for us. And like I said, this has been so good for me during this time of dealing with my anger and my um, just time of just not feeling content at all is because it's, it's taken me back to a place where the Holy Spirit isn't just a tool to get something or to get somewhere, but the Holy Spirit 
wants to fellowship with me. The Holy Spirit wants to hang out with me and speak to me and whisper things to my heart all the time. So this morning, um, we're going to spend some time taking communion. And uh, Tyler, when you want to, you want to come on up. Tyler is uh, going to play piano for us while we do this. And you know, this, and the other thing, and I was sharing this with Susan a couple days ago. We're actually the last days. I really felt like, and this actually started last Sunday. I really felt like there was some some folks here, part of our church family, that um, life has been kind of extra challenging lately. And you just need the, the Lord to do something in your life. And I don't know what that is. But I've, I've felt like this for, for quite a while. And it's another reason why I felt like to, to, do this, to do this message for you guys today. It's not something maybe that you feel like you've never heard before. But I hope it's a good reminder to you that the Lord really wants to be intimate with you. And he's, year, he's yearning for you. And the things that we need him to do, he, he'll do it because he loves us. Jesus said, I'm leaving so that you can have something else and it's way bigger, way better, way more intimate. And that he's the one that will give us counsel. He's our advocate and he's the one that wants to walk alongside of us. You don't have to, to open your Bible, but I'm just going to read this to you. It's out of Luke chapter 2. And when the time came, Jesus and the apostles sat down together at the table. Jesus said, I've been eager to eat this Passover meal with you before my sufferings, my sufferings, my sufferings begin. For I tell you now that I won't eat this meal again until the, the meaning is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. He took the cup of wine and he gave thanks to God for it. And he said, take this and share it among yourselves. stand with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your goodness. And we thank you for the blood of Christ that covers a multitude of sins. We thank you for everything that Jesus, our Savior, provided for us on the cross. And we thank you for your presence, your Holy Spirit that wants to be with us all the time. I pray, Lord, for everybody here today that there would just be kind of a fresh start. <laughs> that there would be just, we would just be more intimate with you and be more sensitive to you. 
We thank you for your goodness, God, and that you receive us. And that no matter if we've been distant from you, just because of time and distractions or because we've been involved in sin, that you are always pursuing us and taking us back. And we thank you for that, Father. Lord, I pray specifically for the folks here this morning that are really needing some answers, that are needing peace in their home, that are needing some financial blessings. I pray, Lord, that they would just see things differently after today. And I thank you that you meet their needs. Lord, we ask you to uh, bless Pastor James and Tara as they travel and to minister through them and through the ministers that will be at uh, George's brother's services. We ask you just to comfort them and to give them peace, Father. And again, Lord, we thank you for your goodness in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys, thank you so much.